The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. What is going on, Angel fans? This is another edition of the All Angels Podcast. It's me, Dan Garcia, and as always, joined with... Johnny Maggs. Welcome back. We are still quarantined in our respective houses. Uh, you know, better safe than sorry at this point, but we are still trying to get you out. Uh, podcast weekly, if we can do that. Johnny, how you doing? Doing good, man. Just trying to uh, keep my sanity in here, man. Trying to trying to find things to do around the house. So I, I, and I was trying to get cabin fever, like I said last time, dude. It's yeah. It, tough, but, you know, it is what it is. We got those uh, classic games to watch on YouTube and Fox Sports West is playing a lot of those old Angels games. So, yeah, it's kind of keeping me okay for right now. now yeah, and it's kind of funny. I was thinking about it today. We are in the month of April finally, and, it was a, and it's less than a month since we were in spring training, and that just seems like that month took forever. Oh, dude, I, I'm telling you, man, it just uh, – it's tough, man. As baseball fans, obviously, us doing this podcast – you know, it's just tough. It's tough, man. But, you know, we got to pull through and we got to we got to do what we can to get by. So we got a lot to get into today. Obviously, we got some news regarding the Angels roster moves and we'll talk about, you know, uh, some comments. And we have some questions that were sent into our email and stuff. But, you know, before we get into that, let's take a word uh, from our sponsor. And that's LinkedIn. The perfect hire can have the impact on your business for years to come. So when you need to find that next person to help grow your business, LinkedIn Jobs will match the right talent with your open role fast. LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast. Things like collaboration, creativity, availability. LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. That's how LinkedIn makes sure your job post is seen by people you want to hire, people with the skills, qualifications, and other interests that will help your business grow. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds with LinkedIn and why companies rated LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay with uh, what you want and get the first 50 50- dollars off just visit linkedin.com slash team again that's linkedin.com slash team to get fifty dollars off your first job post terms and conditions apply so like 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 johnny said there were some moves um not only roster wise but i guess one of the big things that has been a question mark um with the delayed season was um service time for some of these MLB players, whether it be 
um, you know, obviously soon to be free agents like a Simmons or just, you know, you know, if you have a seven year contract, does it automatically go into six years next year if there is no season or if there's a small season? So right after I think we uh, wrapped last week on Thursday, I think either Thursday night or Friday morning, the Players Association and the um, MLB agreed on some terms. And so this is kind of an out outline of what they agreed upon um as of right now there's no agreement on a schedule schedule it still has not been posted still has not been um i guess agreed upon uh once they do figure out how they want to do the opening day they are going to um do it and then kind of go to the mlb players association to get approval uh postseason can be can be in uh neutral sites if it's late enough in the season i kind of want what do you think about that it's, it's kind of crazy, dude. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, 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 you know, you, you think about it and you're like, well, you know, they're going to delay it. How are they going to, I heard a lot of, uh, of, uh, like a lot of double headers are going to be played, uh, possibly a world series around Christmas time. I mean, this is all stuff that they're going to have to really sit down and talk over with the players union and, um, uh, the league and, 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 you know, and then, the World Series in a neutral site, stuff like that. So, I mean, it's crazy to think of, but any way that they can get, um, you know, baseball in, I'm okay with. Yeah, and I think the neutral site thing would probably be for the postseason and for the World Series, just because if you do push the 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 World or you push the start of the playoffs later in the year, now you're talking about the season starting or the postseason starting in you know October, November, and and, and maybe to finish, finishing in the beginning of December. And a lot of those cold weather teams, like a New York, like a Boston, like uh, you know uh, Minnesota, I mean, those are a good chance those those teams' stadiums are going to be under under some kind of snowfall, and and that's and that's is something where we cannot, as fans, like, like you can't have snowfall delaying a World Series game because of whatever reason. So um, the hard part is, what do the um, MLB? How do they figure out? How do you think they figure out how? Um, what stadiums get used? Man, that, see, that's a that's a decision where they're going to have to figure out. Obviously, warm weather, so it's probably either going to be like out here in Anaheim, LA, San Diego, Arizona. Um, I think the best bet is to go somewhere where maybe there's a retractable roof, right? Uh, so probably Arizona, um, just because you know the the, the weather aspect of it and. And teams are going to have to be okay with that. You know, I know that it's going to, it's, you know, they do it for the Super Bowl, obviously. Um, but this is a whole different thing. And Super Bowl's always been like that, as opposed to baseball, where, you know, home field advantage, all this good stuff. So that's going to get thrown out the window. But I think that's something that I think every team is going to be okay with if we're able to get in a good amount of games during the season and actually get a real playoff going. And uh, I think, I think like, like I said, it's going to have to be um, them agreeing to go to a, you know, warm weather area where they can, you know, don't they won't have to worry about the weather because especially, you know, New York in December is ridiculously yeah. cold, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, and I think, too, like you said, the, the two Texas teams now have retractable roofs with um, the Rangers getting a brand new stadium. But, you know, it might be a, a, a inevitability that postseason games are going to be in cold weather cities so you're going to have to move it and kind of like you mentioned it happens all the time with super bowl but the super bowl is a one-time game like everyone knows it's going to be that day and that day only with something like a playoff series even if it's not the world series 
the fan aspect of it is going to be really interesting because let's just say, for example, New York has to play, you know, Minnesota in a divisional series, mm-hmm. and they have to play down in Texas. Because of the like, how many fans are going to be there for each team? Is it going to be like an all Texas team? Is there going to be a lot of fans at all? Which is going to be really interesting to see if, again, if that comes to be. Because right right now we still do not have a hard um, date of, as far as when the season is going to start. Yeah, we have some, you know, uh, July first, July fourth, something around there. But we still don't have anything as a hardcore um, a, a time. Yeah, there's no definitive date yet, and. Again, this is all all we're talking about is speculation. What we're hearing, you know, th- this could be pushed to August for all we know. I um, I don't think that they won't have the season. I think the season will eventually happen. It's just a matter of when it's going to happen. And and I heard according to um, that was I was on uh, what what website was I on? I'm checking the website just to make sure. I don't want to give the wrong uh, data, but on the website that I was on, where they talk about the agreement between the players and the union they're talking about uh um possibly what we have heard before where they'll play the first couple of games with no fans that might have to be the the situation where only essential uh uh personnel will be there you know um they won't sell tickets it'll be the players just to start and then they'll go from there and and to answer your question about the whole you know Minnesota plays the Yankees in the ALDS and they're playing in Texas. You know, yeah, there's probably not going to be very many fans. There's probably going to be a lot of Ranger fans there who will go just to watch a game. You'll have your few that will actually fly down and, and watch these games. But I, I think it's fair. It's only fair to play it in a, in, in, in a situation where, you know, it's a neutral site. And no, there's no advantage either or, I think, to either team. Because both teams pay to the same amount of times, you know, and... And there, again, there's going to be something they're going to have to agree upon. But again, this is all that's just talking because no one knows for sure. There's no definitive answer right now. You know, it's all speculation. Another thing that they're talking about is obviously playing some of these beginning games in empty stadiums. Uh, you're a big wrestling fan, so I was really interested to kind of pick your brain about this. But the WAE has been doing that for a little while. Now they're having their shows and everything like that with empty arenas and just the um, entertainers, wrestlers there. How do you feel about playing in an empty stadium? Uh, like the idea is kind of being pushed around. You know, watching the wrestling without people in the crowd has been very, very hard. It's very, very hard not to, because um, because wrestling, so much of it is about the reaction of the crowd, the the pop that the wrestlers get. So right. I think I think that is a little more. You need fans more for wrestling than you do baseball. There's a lot of games, you know, we, we go to minor league games on a Tuesday night where there's only 40 people in the crowd. And we're so sometimes we're kind of used to that emptiness type of sound, that feeling at baseball games from here to there. So even sometimes at Angel Stadium on a Tuesday night against the, I don't know, I don't, Baltimore Orioles, Tuesday night against the Orioles, there's, you know, they tell us there's 35,000 people in the crowd, but there's probably 11,000 people in the stadium tops. So we're used to that emptiness, kind of real quiet. So baseball, baseball is kind of used to that slowness, you know. But at the same time, you know, the home runs aren't going to sound the same. You know, obviously you're going to, it's going to be weird. Uh, so, but I think at this point we'll take whatever we can. We'll take any baseball that we can, whether there's people in the crowd or not. 
I'll take it. Um, I will watch an empty stadium baseball game a hundred times more than an empty arena wrestling match, dude. It's I'm just I'm I'm just ready for the season to start. And I'll, I'll take it any way I can get it. I, I don't I I don't speak for everybody, but I'm pretty sure I speak for the majority of us. Where like, hey, if, if they have to pay an empty stadium, let it be, dude. If they have to pay the whole season in an empty stadium, then let it be. I just want to watch some baseball. Dude. Another thing too they agreed upon right now is the the movement of the MLB draft. That was another. Um, issue where they weren't sure what was going to happen with the draft being it being in June. Um, so they agreed they can move it to later, um, but no later than July 20th. And the real kind of interesting thing is that it can be anywhere between five rounds and the, what it is now. And that's 40 rounds. Um, you know, and there's a bunch of talk about the money slot, uh, the slot money and how that translates over and how that's going to be completely different from um, years past. And, you know, I'm not, a hundred percent familiar on it, so I am going to be talking to uh, Taylor Blake Ward. Uh, you'll probably hear that interview uh, next week, um, and he follows the draft. He does a lot of work for the draft, and, and so he'll be more inclined to talk about the certain things and how that affects, you know, uh, minor leaguers, how that affects um, undrafted guys. Because say, let's for example, it goes ten rounds. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be out there not drafted because of you know the lack of rounds. So. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how the draft works out. Do you have any opinion on how the draft uh, and how different that's going to be if that's how it's affected? You know, I don't I, – you know, base, the baseball draft is so much different from the NBA draft and the NFL draft. The hoopla and, and the spectacle of it isn't as big as, as you know, uh, like I said, the NBA or the NFL. Us baseball fans who, you know, we don't – I necessarily don't follow every single guy that's in the draft, but I know the key name guys. And so, you know – I'd be lying to you if I told you, you know, oh, my God, the impact's crazy. Like, I don't follow the baseball draft as much as I do the NBA draft or the NFL draft. So I, I think for the fan perspective, I don't think it that changes much um, on how you look upon it. I think, you know, a normal Joe Schmo baseball fan is going to look up who's the top 10 guys in a draft or 20 guys in the draft, and they'll go from there, you know. And I don't think people – too many people are invested in – Unfortunately, in the MLB draft, like as you know, other drafts, and and I don't, I don't think that you know, I, I I'll be lying to you if I told if I told you, oh man, it's going to have an impact or not. I, I don't follow it enough to really have a a sound opinion on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, and that's kind of my thinking too. Is that it will have an uh, like a ripple effect in baseball. I mean, that's going that's undeniable. But for the casual baseball fan, I don't think they'll really notice it as much. Um, but if you are a fan that does like to pay attention to the minors, like to pay attention to the draft, like to pay attention to um, like the, the uh, late draft guys, the, the underdog stories and all that stuff, that will be affected because now it's going to be really interesting to see how some of these guys do once they're not drafted and how they choose whether or not to go. And a big part of it was that uh, they capped the money that you can spend on an unrestricted free or an undrafted free agent at $20,000, which doing some reading – what it was before the cap, like on our regular draft year, was around $100,000. So that's a huge mm-hmm. cut for these guys that aren't getting drafted that, you know, if it's any other year, um, might have been, let's just say, like the 15th, 16th round and got better than $20,000 signing bonus money-wise. So that's something to be really interested in see also, too. You kind of mentioned it with, with basketball and football. Those teams or those sports technically have like combines and workouts and as of right now obviously football is kind of working their own thing with their draft right around the corner but they got the combine in they got that done um basketball players um for the most part 
finish their season. Yeah, they didn't have to play in the big tournament, but they got the full season uh, right. played. Baseball is a whole other. They 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 just started you know college baseball. They just started high school baseball, and then they had to cancel it for the year. So it's gonna be really interesting to see how these scouts now. If you're scouting this top senior high school senior pitcher or high school senior catcher, you know, and he only played three games. Now, how far back do you go to, for scouting? Do you trust his junior league film or, or what your notes made for junior for his junior year uh, to to draft him in the top? You know three four rounds it's gonna be really interesting to see and i think for that reason myself personally i'll probably be paying a little more attention with what's going on with the draft this year than say in the past like five six years yeah i will always pay attention to where the angels drafted and maybe like the top five or six guys the angels drafted and then go back and look at the whole draft as a whole but this year i think it's be really interesting to see how this mlb in general how all that it gets handled with the limited players the limited drafts the limited slots for these guys and someone where the maybe bigger names that didn't get drafted where they end up going after everything is, is, is played out. And the, and the players themselves. I mean, the guy who was, you know, working his way up the rank, maybe wasn't a D1 guy who was looking to get to that D1. Maybe he's going to spend another year at JC. You know, right. maybe he's gonna, maybe that, that high school kid's going to say, man, I, I, I didn't prove myself. I don't want to risk, you know, going in the draft, not getting drafted. Let me just let me put myself eligible for a junior college, play here at junior college. Yeah. yeah. So that changes that that just changes what the teams are going to do. But the players themselves, like what risk are they going to take? Do they want to develop another year in JC? Um, you know, are they are they going to risk that chance of, you know, hey, I'm going to I'm going to go for the draft and I might get drafted really low and end up somewhere where maybe they didn't want to end up or just a situation where maybe they felt if they would have played that whole year. Maybe they would have gotten higher up on the draft. Like, it's going to have a ripple effect, no doubt. And again, like this, this is something that only major fans are going to think about because a lot of you know the regular Joe Schmo fan or the regular person just watches the Angels or watches their team never really looks into a draft until they draft somebody and and that person like you know they make a name for themselves on the minor league level. Then people start to notice. But people like who are actually you know, want to know what's happening in the minor league system. This is going to have a ripple effect to everybody, the systems themselves, organizations, and players. So um, not not a, a tremendous deal for a lot of people, but overall for baseball, it is a pretty big deal. So another thing that, again, I kind of touched on before was the fact that no matter how many games are played for this season, or even if there is games played for the season, the players are going to get service time um, matched yeah. to what they did last year. So you have guys um, – on one-year contracts like Julio Tehran and Jason Castro, where if they don't mm-hmm. play a game, they're 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 free agents, and, and the Angels kind of miss out. They still get a portion of that money, but it's just it's kind of crazy how that works. Another situation yeah. that I didn't realize until I read something today. They we might have read the same thing. The, the Angels obviously signed Mike Trout last year to an extension. Mm-hmm. If this was all going on and that didn't happen. There's mm-hmm. a very good possibility Mike Trout could have been a free agent after this year with zero games played. And how with, crazy would that have been? With no games played at all. So how? How? What about Artie Moreno now, Angel fans? Huh? Um, another thing too that I read, which was which can totally happen. Uh, Mookie Betts can essentially get traded yeah. and not play one game for the Dodgers. How crazy is that? Or even okay, let's just say, let's just say okay, for example, they do play like a hundred games. That's mm-hmm. going to be like a sprint in baseball. Right. A lot of crazy things can happen in a 100-game span. And not even, not only that, they're also talking about expanding the playoffs because of the lack of games. Right. So now you get 
if you expand the playoffs, now you you open up yourself for more kind of randomness in that playoff game. So let's just say Mookie Betts has an okay season, but the Dodgers still get to the playoffs because they they are a better uh, team in that division. But then, like the Dodgers have obviously um, seen in the past, playoffs are kind of random at times. And so you Mm -hmm. can have Mookie Betts for an average year and still miss the World Series, and then, okay, you're gone, and now you traded, uh, what, two of your best prospects with uh, Jeter Downs and um, was Alex Verdugo gone. Right. And and just, like, and I'm sure there's other trades like that out there, but the fact that that was, like, the main trade that everyone was talking about and it took forever to happen, the fact that if the Dodgers get Mookie Betts and he only plays, let's just say, you know, a hundred games, ninety games, and they bounce in the playoffs. You know, it, that's just something super crazy. That baseball. I don't know if they can go back and revisit that trade or anything like that, or if it's just no. that's it. And the crazy part about it, and I read it. I think it was on the Athletic where they said Mookie Betts can play maybe zero to fifty to a hundred games with the Dodgers and get, you know, not resign and resign with the Red Sox, where essentially the Red Sox just traded Mookie Betts and get Verdugo and Downs, and then they get Betts back. You know, yeah, so it, it, that was a gamble that they, but the Dodgers I mean, didn't know that the coronavirus was going to happen. So you can't blame the Dodgers for making that move either. Like, it's just, it is what it is. It just sucks. This is ruining everything for everybody right now. So kind of fast forwarding then to the end of the year, obviously with the Trout thing, obviously that they can't, they don't have to worry about that. Trout signed, he ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. A person that they can't do that with, obviously, is um, Andrelton Simmons. He's up at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Coming off an injury injury season last year. Um, why? I mean, not why, but if he has an okay season and an abbreviated season, w- does that change? I mean, we already kind of talked about how you would want to pay him or what you'd be willing to be comfortable with. If he is plays like again, kind of like the best thing, if he plays in a hundred games because there's or let's say like ninety games because there's a hundred game season, um, and he does okay, <laughs> he does his average kind of stuff, stays relatively healthy. Would you still feel comfortable extending them the same kind of contract you thought maybe you would give them three months ago? I I mean three months ago, I I I still would answer the same three year contract max. Um, Even regardless of how many games has played this yeah, year, I, I, and he doesn't really show you it. That's the thing, and I think I know a lot of people were saying this. You you would you were hoping to see something out of him with the health concerns if he could stay healthy if he could play the majority of the games. And you're not going to get that full sample size now because I think it's pretty easy to say they're not going to play 162 games no matter how many double headers and all that stuff they plan on doing. Right. So you're not really going to have that answered. Right. It's just hard because now now you got to look at, well, if they don't sign Anderton Simmons, who do they go to? Who's their, who's their next shortstop? Are they going to go with a David Fletcher as shortstop? And, you know, well, yeah, Rene, or is Renhefo going to step up and be that shortstop? Or, or are they – you look to the future and say, well, Jeremiah Jackson's still years away, you know. Um, well, that's another thing. Like, yeah. Just talking about the minor league, system, minor league games might not even be played at all this year, and so that's going to affect – and we have a question about that later, but if you're looking for these guys to be ready in two, three years, now if they take a whole year off because of the situation, mm-hmm. I mean, you've got to still think they're still two, three years away. That doesn't automatically mean they're only now, you know, a year and a half away. Yeah. It, I, I mean, this is – it's crazy to think of. I mean – to answer the Adelton Simmons deal, I think I think right now I'm I'm comfortable looking I'm, the way I'm looking at it right now. I don't I'm not fully comfortable with saying here hand over the reins to Rinhefo for the same reason. 
we're not going to get a good sample size of Urban Hippo to see what he can do either. So, you know, everyone's getting affected by this. So looking at it now, if you can get Anderson Simmons on a two-year deal, max, I think you do it. I and mean, if you want to give him more money for less years, I'm fine with it. But, you know, three months ago, I would have said three, four years, no no problem. You know, give him more money, you know, and for less years instead of giving him a five, six-year contract. Three years would have been good. Now I'm looking at it saying maybe two-year deal. That's something, man, that's, it's just a real tough answer uh, question to answer for me, man. I'm not 100% sold on Renihifo yet for the same exact reasons. But we're, I'm not sold on giving Anderton another year on his contract. It's crazy. Right. So, again, that's kind of the agreement that the MLB players and the MLB kind of uh, agreed upon. I believe it was either Thursday night after we recorded our last podcast or Friday morning. I, I don't exactly remember when it came out. But, yeah, mm-hmm. so that's the, that's the main thing. We're going to take a quick break um, right now for our sponsors. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the roster moves made today by the Angels. Again, recording this April 2nd. Um, and then also talk about some stuff we're doing on social media and, and what you can look forward to on there. And then obviously uh, on here on the All Angels podcast. So we'll be right back after these short messages. What's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And we are back on the All Angels podcast again. Thank you to the sponsors. Um, I was kind of mentioned before the break, the Angels uh, made some roster moves earlier this afternoon. Um, they made cuts, and then they moved some guys around on the 40-man roster. Uh, and I think that was a big thing today because I, I – you know, I wasn't too sure about what those moves were. Or I didn't even know if they were coming, to tell you the truth. But um, yeah. some of the uh, – and we got questions on here. We're on Instagram Live, and we are on also um, All Angels Podcast. But we can also send us emails on allangelspodcast at gmail.com. So some of the moves that were made today as I pull it up, um, some of the ones that, that kind of stood out to me, and, and this is the ones that – more of players that got released, and we'll get into movement stuff later um, – a guy that we've got to know pretty well, um, Jordan Zimmerman. Uh, he spent last year with Double uh, A Mobile, um, but the year before that, he was in Inland Empire where we got to know him pretty well and see him play on a daily basis. So uh, as a personal thing, that's kind of sucks to see him uh, get released like that. But another person that got released and, and I think kind of caught everyone's eye was Roberto Bobbleke, um shortstop, and, and Johnny, you you know kind of more than I do about his whole history and how he became an angel. So go ahead and uh, talk about that. 
Yeah, it's crazy. He, he was one of those guys who was yes, out of Cuba who was like highly sought after. I know the Dodgers really wanted him as well. He was a Depoto guy. Depoto was was really high on him. Very raw to Cuba, but there was a there was a talent there where you you kind of you kind of knew that maybe he could turn into something. And and so the Angels gave him eight million dollars in 2015 out of Cuba, and at that, that time I think was one of the highest contracts out of Cuba, one of the highest uh, deals given uh, to a player, especially definitely for the Angels yeah. for, for a foreign guy. Um, and I think you know the knock on on him from the beginning was that maybe he got pushed too high too fast. He started his uh, professional season, his professional career, American career at high A in an empire. And uh, the knock on him was that he that, that he needed more time at the lower level, but he was right. so high on Jerry Depoto's radar that he kind of pushed him up there. Kind of never caught his footing. He was one of those guys who just, man, you saw how much power he had in, in his bat, but couldn't quite put it together. So now that I think I'm hearing all this news and I'm trying to think about it, and, and we got to watch him personally at the Empire a couple of, more than a couple of times. And yeah, man, it just I'm starting to really believe the fact that maybe he was too raw and didn't develop good. It, it, there was a point where he went from from Inland Empire to like Triple A, and two years later he's back at Inland Empire, and that's just something that you don't that just doesn't happen really unless you're struggling. And he never quite got a hold of, of 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 becoming you know what the Angels wanted him to become, and it just sucks. But I know there was a there was a battle there between the Angels, I believe the Dodgers and the White Sox. They really wanted Balakin. The Angels wanted it was big news when it happened. And it just never panned out, bro. I think that that the money that was spent there, we got we had gotten a question on our DM on Halo Haven that asked, you know, we feel like, what about that money spent? Like yeah. to me, it's just money that you they took a gamble on a guy who had a high ceiling, but that that money was so long ago in 2015. Sure, we're still paying it now, but it didn't really affect the payroll as much as a lot of people think of it well, it, right. it, it didn't really affect the payroll of the major league level at all yeah. and, and, the, and the difference is between then and now is that now you have like a pool money like the international pool money you hear about it talked all the time when you talk about right. your trades stuff like that they didn't have that then so it was pretty much spend what you want to spend on these international free agents now you have to have a certain amount of money in your pool and you can use that amount but you can't go over that amount so a little bit different time uh, um and you know, here's a, we have a question again. We're on Instagram Live on Halo underscore Haven on Instagram. And here's a question that we have: um, How big of a bust was Roberto Bobakini in Angels history? What's your opinion on that? Not a bust at all. Um, these are these are free agent. These are these are uh, minor league contract. Like you know, Angels you know could draft. You know, let's say for instance they drafted the number two pick in the draft, number three pick in the draft. Luckily, it hasn't happened to the Angels where this has happened, but. You have to give them some kind of big deal, but you're paying money to a minor leaguer, a prospect. You want him to be on your team and develop, then you have to pay him. You know, if he's that high of a high of a prospect, then you have to pay him. He's a, he's that high of a guy coming out of college or, or high school, and you draft him. He he he's going to demand some kind of money. You have to pay him. These are these are risks that happen all the time in baseball and unfortunately for the angels it didn't pan out but it wasn't like he got signed to a 25 million dollar deal or for seven years or anything like that so to call him a bus i don't think he was a bus he's just a, a, a guy who they signed 
to a minor league contract that just didn't pan out. You know, he got more than more than 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 your normal minor leaguer would, but that happened somehow. Those are risks that happened. To me, a, to just call him a bust is it's a, a bit much. He's not a bust. It just didn't work out. One of the things too you have to realize is that with this with. Um I, I believe how it works is that this, you know, the money that he signed for, that's all in a bonus. So, like, he wasn't making a, a yearly yeah. uh, salary more than the average um, uh, a minor leaguer. Uh, and yeah. we have a question here. Yes, he was a DePoto guy. Um, but I think what hurts him more than anything is the fact that that year, it was the same year as Vlad Guerrero Jr., Mm-hmm. And the fact that the Angels couldn't get Vlad Guerrero Jr. because they spent so much money on Roberto, um, well, I think follow him around uh, at least Angel wise, you know, forever. So, um, you know, if, if if Vlad Jr. is not in that you know class, I guess quote unquote class of free agents, um, I think Angel fans might have a different perspective on Roberto. Because mm-hmm. they see what Vlad Guerrero Jr. is doing now. You see the name Vlad Guerrero Jr. And obviously, as Angel fans, you want that. You want that kind of relive what Vlad did um, with the Angels with his son. But like I said, I, I think if if Vlad isn't in that international class, if he's a year younger, a year older, um, I don't think Roberto has that kind of um, tint or, or taint on him for uh, Angel fans. But even then, like, like, like I said, like, they get Guerrero and he doesn't pan out. You call him a bust, like you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just it's it moves it that it's moves that you have to make, regardless. Yeah, I mean, you know. I think so, we'd be more okay with that because of the name. You could be like, oh well, right. his dad. Okay, right. well you have to take that. You have to take that. Well, you know, yeah. I think that 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 Vlad Jr. thing has a lot to do with it. So again. Um, uh, uh, that was the big news as far as roster moves. And we got to even to a question on Instagram live and um, I'm going to put it up here real quick, but it has to do with the movements, some of the 40 man roster things. So they mentioned some of the guys getting option to double a triple a and class a um, some of the guys that kind of stood out who got option to double a rocket city was Jared Walsh and Michael Hermosillo. So obviously Hermosillo up in triple a for the majority of last year, coming back from injury, um, mm. You know, we have a question here. It says Hermosillo. Um, I think they meant to put it to Double A. To Double A opens up Adele as fourth outfielder. I'm, I'm wishful thinking. I know. So like Hermosillo, I don't think. I don't think once the season actual starts, whenever that does, if it does, I don't think he's down there because I can't think of eight or nine better outfielders in the Angels organization better than Hermosillo. I think if anything, if anything, and Armosillo's not on the major league roster and he's in AAA, I think if anything, the Angels thought was David Fletcher's our, our fourth outfielder. Yeah, I think that's where they were going with all the reps he was getting um, during yep. spring training. Yeah, with, with, with him being in the outfield, giving you the option to play outfield, infield, being able to keep La Stella on the roster, you know, you don't have that that jumble there. Right. So... The fourth outfielder would be would be David Fletcher. I, it, it makes perfect sense. Obviously, I mean, he was playing a lot of left field in spring training. He played some right field, so you know, and he's played out there before. He just he's getting all those reps in. It was weird to see it. it not weird, but it was yeah. like it was like okay, I know where they're going with this now. You know, so uh, what sucks for him, Mosiel was the fact that he got injured last year. So right, and he was going I, to be competing yeah. for that fourth spot last year with. 
Yeah. Well, I, and honestly, it's kind of funny because I think the reason why they brought Goodwin in when they did last year was because Hermosillo got injured and because him and Borges were supposed to be competing for that fourth outfield spot. He goes down, obviously they need another guy to compete, and that was Brian Goodwin, and you saw the season that he had last year. So yeah. it's kind of interesting how one thing like that kind of has a ripple effect. But I think him getting moved down to double-A is nothing to – even him or Jared Walsh, I don't think that has anything to do really with um, – performance or where they see him. I, I think right now it's just kind of a numbers game because I think they have to have so many people here, so many people there, and, and, and kind of what we mentioned earlier, you know, minor league might not even have a season this year, which is crazy. They'll expand the rosters for Major League Baseball. I've read that, so that kind of helps like a Hermosillo who's on the border who can get some at-bats and, and some time there. But, you know, the minor league season I think is way more up in the air than the MLB season, and that for us sucks because – you know, we're yeah. always down at Inland Empire. We're always talking to the guys going through there. We're always seeing guys doing rehab starts there. So that for that minor league season, if, if something like that happens for them, not only for the people that work there, and we know, you know, quite a bit of them, but just for the baseball aspect of it, it's going to really suck if they're not able to get on the field at some point this year. Yeah, just I mean, this 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 is having an effect not just on major league, baseball, the organization, all the organizations in a whole, from from major league level to rookie ball instructional league, like a lot of guys. And there's a question. I don't know if you want to bring it up now, but that question about how this is affecting development. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll bring that up right now. It's from again. You can always reach us at allangelspodcast at gmail dot com. Um, it's from Trevor Billings. Hi guys, hope you're staying safe. What are your thoughts on season affecting guys' stats and eventually taking some of their prime time away? And he gives examples like Joe's progression, Mike's Hall of Fame, the minors, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we'll be lying to you if he said, oh, it's no big deal. No, numbers are going to take a hit. Joe's progression, not just Joe, but Brandy March, Jemai Jones, all these guys' progression. Now, there's no minor league season. There's no games getting played. There's no reps being played. Is that going to push back a Joe Odell maybe being on the team maybe later? Honestly, probably not. I think Joe Odell will be on the team next year regardless. But um, but it's it's going to have an impact on Mike Trout's stats for the season. Maybe he doesn't hit 45 home runs this year. Maybe he's only going to hit 25. So that's going to... You know, it's almost taking a year away from a, a player or, have, or, or as if he were to have had a real significant injury and missed most of the season. So it's going to have that impact on not just, you know, Mike Trout, Joe Adele, Brandon, all these guys. It's going to Major League Baseball in general. So, you know, I think uh, Sports Illustrated had their their Sports Illustrated came out and had Mike Trout on the cover saying we're missing Mike Trout's prime year because right. of COVID-19. Maybe a bit drastic because I think we've been seeing Mike Trout his prime for the last 10 years already. So, you know, I don't see it that slowing down, but it is something to be said. It, it, there is there is some some truth to that matter, and you know, um, I think f- more for the guys in the minor league systems who are progressing yeah. to the system. I think it has more of an impact on them. It has to. There's no way it's not. Yeah, and it's, you know, as far as like Hall of Fame, Mike's Hall of Fame, kind of, I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer no matter what. But this, uh, you know, it's not the first time baseball has missed games because of one thing or another. I mean, they have been on strike. They have a history of going on strike, so you have shortened seasons that way. Obviously, the first time where it's kind of out of everyone's control. And I don't think you look back at the players in that time and kind of like, oh, well, they missed this game or these games or whatever because of this or that. Like, Hall of Fame guys, I think, are going to be Hall of Fame guys, and you're not going to take a 
you know, even if let's just say they they play a hundred games, so you're not going to take sixty two games out of an overall career and make a judgment on whether or not right. that guy's a Hall of Famer or not. I mean, you know, borderline guys, and eh, maybe, but I think there's going to be perspective looking back, like okay, you know, 2020 was a shortened season because of this, and, and take that into consideration. So, you know, the, the stuff as far as um, development and, and, and progression and the minors missing time and and people kind of yeah getting out of their prime, and that's kind of going back to what we said about. Um, Simmons is like you're missing a full year. He's mm-hmm. definitely on the back end of his career. You know, he's definitely um, if he's in his prime, he's toward the back end of his prime. So now you're missing out. It's something like that that affects. I don't think Mike Trout. I don't think that really affects. But yeah, Simmons I, I, will have a big effect because obviously you've seen it. If, if if he's in his prime right now, he's definitely on the back end. If if if, right. if if anything, so players like that, it will definitely affect, and it sucks to see because it, it, again, it's not like a strike where the owners and players can can make something happen and then they can be on the field tomorrow. This is something that none of us really know what's going to go on or what's going to happen. Yeah, the only way it's affecting my trot is maybe he doesn't hit seven hundred home runs in his career. Maybe he only hits six eighty five. But that doesn't not make him a Hall of Famer, you right. know. Exactly. Same thing can be said for for everyone else in the league right now. Albert Pujols doesn't get ten more home runs. He doesn't finish his career with ten more home runs. He's it's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. But you way. know, uh, you know, in the long run, for me, more than anything, you know, Joe Adele's progression, Brandon Marsh's projection, progression, Jemai Jones, Jeremiah Jackson, are these guys now a year behind? Now maybe they don't right. come into the major leagues at age twenty three. They're coming in at age twenty four, twenty five, whatever. And then if that's that's down the line with with mm-hmm. um, when they can get hit for agency, unless exactly. unless something's changed in the new collective bargain agreement, right. I believe at the, at the end of the 2020, 2021 season, they, the the current CBA runs out. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that can happen behind the scenes between now and then. But it's just as it sits now, stuff like that where service time isn't going to start for some of these minor league guys. Um, it really sucks for those guys. But um, moving on again. Email us at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Another one we got from Duncan Healy. Loyal, loyal listener. Here we go. Hey, guys. Love hearing you guys talk about game six and seven. It's great to reminisce, especially during these times. I agree 100% with Johnny on game six being the better game, but game seven brings the most, uh, being the, is being the most important. Yeah. I, I, I mean, how can it not be? Game seven is game seven. You know, it has to be the most important game ever played in Angels history. It has to be. Um, it got you the championship, but I'm not, I'm, dude, game six, even watching it over, I was there in person. So obviously it was amazing, but then watching it over on TV, it doesn't make it any less amazing. It's just as amazing. It's just an exciting game from, from beginning to end, from where they were in the fifth, sixth, seventh innings down, five nothing, to at the end making the last out and being one game away from the World Series. Like we said, there's no way they were going to lose game seven after that. So. The only yeah. thing with me between six and seven is that at the end of game six, I found myself saying, wow, that's one heck of a game. Like, wow, that, that was a great game, yeah. great comeback, this and that. But that was it. I used yeah. to think game seven, and when they get that final out and you hear the call that, Man. you know, Ursa says he's got it, and he can't, you know, and you see this, then that gave me goosebumps. Like that, oh, even, yeah. you know, seeing it, I mean, and if people that go to Angel Stadium, they used to have that playing on a loop right in front of the, the gift shop yeah. uh, uh on the bottom floor. So I've seen it that way. I don't know how many times, but like still the fact that you see it like that, it gives you goosebumps. It, it just, yeah, the moment itself that, you know, from, from the time the bat hits the ball to when he catches it, 
it might be, you know, two, three seconds, but that those two, three seconds from that point, from point A to point B is, is, is an, it gives me goosebumps every time and, it, and it's, and it's, it's a great, great moment. And, and, and like I said, you can go down once the season starts, go down to that TV right offside the gift shop and they play it over and over and over again. And it's always, hey. cool. it's always great to watch it every single time we're there. The most beautiful thing in the world, man. I can't, other than my son being born and getting, getting married, that was the most important day of my life, dude. Like, happiest day of my life up to that point, for sure, dude. I, there was just, I, I, there's just nothing tops it, man. When, you, when you're invested into a team the way we are, and you've gone through so much crap, and then to finally, like, you know, you know, I stuck by my team, and I didn't go anywhere else, the greatest feeling in the world. So nothing's ever going to take that first championship away. Even if we win another one, that first one, there's just no way. There's just no way anything can top that, dude. Yeah, definitely. So Archangel pins on um, on our Instagram live feed. Um, asked a question real quick. Um, how does going? How's this going to affect their service time numbers? I'm guessing he means like some of the minor league guys. The one thing I'm kind of interested in seeing, if it is an abbreviated season, does Joe get brought up at all? That's that, how. That's, that's how it would affect exactly. them. If 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 they figure, okay, well, this game is is. It's so, you know, it's going to be a sprint to the end. We can't afford to be like, hey, let's fill out Joe. Like, he might be great, but we can't afford him. We can't afford him to take two, three months to get used to it. Like, maybe we couldn't a full season. So maybe mm-hmm. we delay it, let him play the whole rest of the year in the minors if there's going to be a minor league season and worry about him bringing it up in 2021. Then that really affects um, someone like Joe. Again, getting to free agency, getting up to the show quicker and, and, and getting uh, his clock uh, started and that's I mean that's that's a big issue with how many games and if it's not a lot of games do you now hold back your top prospects another year just because it's it's not worth it yeah I, I thought the same exact thing so there's no there's no real way of knowing until we actually start seeing what's going to happen and when the season's going to start and and what kind of news we have I don't know if they're going to do something about that if, they, if they're going to say anything about that they're going to make a few changes here I, I, who knows? It's just something we're just going to have to sit back and wait and see what happens. So, again, uh, another email. Lamar Washington, another fellow uh, loyal listener. What's good, fellas? Love last week's show. Remembering the 2002 playoff is always good. Maybe you guys can watch classic games and give your feedback on them. Another classic Angel playoff game playoff moment was when they swept the Boston Red Sox in the 2009 ALDS. And the way it's going right now, we probably will. And I mean, honestly, if, if you guys out there have games you want us to watch and talk about, shoot us a DM, shoot us an email, shoot us, um, you know, let us know. And then if we get it, you know, we feel like we're getting a, a, a really good response for a certain game. Yeah, we can do that. We can have a little bit of homework and watch that game. And then the next time we're on here, talk about it. But that's that's actually a really good idea. Um let us know if there is a game that you want to see or a series or something you want us to see. Uh, again, email us at allangelspodcasts um, at gmail.com or even like uh, if you're on our Instagram live feed right now, uh, DM us. Just let us know. And then again, I think that'd be a, that, that wouldn't be a bad thing to do at all, especially, you know, knowing what we know now and then not, you know, not sure when the season's going to start. Yeah, that that game three of the end of that series was just a, oh, uh, just a great, great game in Boston. Of course, of course, I remember that game. That I I hate the Red Sox more than any team. And just and just for professionally, new, and just for new listeners, why is that? They made my they made my mom cry. I was six go. years old. I was six years old watching Game Five with Mama. of the 1986 ALCS on the living room floor with my mom, one strike away, 
Dave Henderson hits a, a home run to put the Red Sox up. Well, a lot of people don't remember the Angels tied that game in the bottom of that inning, but ended up using the extras. But that made my mom cry. And that was one of the earliest memories I've ever had in my life is my mom with her hand, head in hand, crying because her beloved Angels did not win that game to go to the World Series. We had a 3-1 lead, ended up blowing it. We should have won the next game, too. We didn't, but whatever. But Boston, I hate the Red Sox, and I hate the Celtics. I'm a Lakers fan. Well, that makes sense. People yeah. on Instagram Live, um, I'm a Lakers fan um, as well. So the hate for Boston goes deeper than just, you know, the Angels and Red Sox. But um, Red Sox had always had our number in the playoffs up until that until that 2009 ALDS, and the Angels handed it to them. Man, and it was almost like a big monkey off our back. To me, I felt relieved. We fought, I was like, finally, God, thank you. We beat the Red Sox in the playoffs. Uh, that was a great game three. <laughs> great game three. We should watch that. Yeah, so again, if you have, if you guys out there have any classic games, it can be, um, you know, the the no hitter after Tyler Skaggs passing. You can be the uh, Jared Weaver no hitter, Irvin Santana no hitter, uh, playoff series, whatever. If you guys are interested to hear our thoughts or kind of want to reminisce about it, let us know. DM us, email us. I mean, that'd be a real cool, real cool thing, especially if we can get some feedback from some of the listeners and stuff like that to kind of get their perspective on it and what they kind of remember from that time of period but that's also a really fun thing to do so moving forward now a little bit we kind of touched on it a little bit i want to talk about what we're doing on our halo haven uh instagram feed probably more so than anything um we, we're doing we're doing a couple thing of brackets you know we're kind of doing a couple thing of brackets and to the um angels memorabilia challenge that you uh johnny and chris are are doing and got started i think we're on day as we record this like i think 16 or 17 17 17 so we got that yep. going on posting they're, they're posting a um a angel memorabilia one per day until the season comes back and we actually got a handful of people doing it with us on um on our social media twitter and on instagram so that kind of leads me into this thing this email from ryan austin um let's do a fan of the year bracket take a week and have people submit photos or whatever take picks or then pick from that and make a 16 person bracket then run the bracket regular like people vote on a choose the fan of the year maybe you could see if people are interested in uh talking to them on thursday nights so my i'll get i'm gonna ask you what you think about it but my personal thought is that's not bad but you know i don't like the idea of hey let's put this person and that person against each other. Cause I'm not the type of person that's going to be like, Hey, you're a bigger fan than me, or I'm a bigger fan than you. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you got season tickets. Great. Cool. But that doesn't make you a better fan than me because right. I can't right. afford it. Like I'm be honest. Or, 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 or me, me and Chris taking pictures behind all this stuff we have, because I collect more stuff than you. And my picture looks cooler because I have all this cool stuff. Does that make me a better fan than you? I don't think so. No. You know what I mean? So it, it's I, to me, yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with you on that. Yeah, so, but one thing we, we, we were kind of chatting about when this email came through is what we kind of want to do. And if, and if there's just somebody out there that has angel memorabilia, and it doesn't have to be super valuable, it doesn't have to be a signed Tin Salmon card or a signed Garrett Anderson jersey, it doesn't have to be a signed Mike Trout bat or anything like that. If you have a collection of bobbleheads, if you have a hat, a giveaway hat from the 1990s or something like that, post that. I mean, that's that's good too. So I think what we're going to try to do is reach out to some of these people that are doing it with us because I think that's really cool to get some of this kind of feedback and interview them, you know. Um, 
when did you become an Angel fan? What's the best thing you have? What's the most memorable uh, time you had at Angel Stadium? This and that. So I think we're going to kind of take Ryan's um, idea and twist it up a little bit because I like the idea of reaching out to fans, especially now right. when we don't have a lot of stuff going on, and just seeing, hey, you know, we saw you've been posting for the last three or four days. Um, you know, uh, your 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 signed ball collection or your whatever. Like, you know, let us know. Like, when did you start collecting bobbleheads? Stuff like that. So um, if you haven't started, don't worry. You can still start now. Again, it's the hashtag is um, Angels Memorabilia Challenge. Um, again, look for it on our on our social media, Instagram, Facebook, and um, Twitter. Yeah, I'm – if you're not following me on my personal Instagram, hit me up at HalosFan1524. Same on Twitter. I'm posting up all my member. I just started um, posting the memorabilia on my Twitter. I actually, I've been since day one on Instagram. Me and Chris started this, so, um, so I've been posting it on, on my Instagram at HalosFan1524. Um, same on Twitter. I just started about three days ago on Twitter, but I think it's cool to see people post what they have because there's, you know, there's some stuff that I have that you know I don't expect people to have. I really don't, other than like Chris and Mr. Tom Duino, but. Surprisingly enough, there's some guys out there who are posting something, and I go, "Hey, I have that too." I didn't think there was anybody did, else. Yeah. And yeah, there wasn't other than Chris and Tom and Rob Rome that are going to have this. But it's cool to see that there is actually some people that have this kind of stuff. And then there's other stuff that you know uh, people are posting that's really personal stuff, and it's like that's awesome. That's right. awesome. That oh, something yeah. like that impacted that person's life. And 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 they're they, they're taking the time to be on this challenge with us and just to give you guys a heads up and we've been delayed just this damn Corona virus delayed everything but Chris and I are in the middle of a documentary called Halo Grail where we're looking to see what is the holiest of angels memorabilia Grail and we've interviewed a couple of people already for this but in the process we want we want to find out the same thing so this might help us out on our documentary as well finding out what the most important piece of your Angel memorabilia is. It could be a ticket sub from a game three years ago because you went and it, it was a great game to you. It, it, that's awesome. It that's could, that's it, what it, this is all about. It could have been like a first date or whatever. You know, something <laughs> exactly. simple. Like, it doesn't need to be, again, nope. I, I'm not the type of collector where you guys are where you have a bunch of stuff. Like, yeah, I have a few signed balls. Yeah, I have a few bobbleheads but like it doesn't need to be a signed ball by you know right. an all-star player it can be hey i saw this random angel player down the street and i took a picture with him that's cool yeah. like that that works perfectly fine too so again definitely follow us on halo haven uh, halo underscore haven on instagram and on twitter and then for people that are doing it and starting to do it uh, we're probably gonna start reaching out to you um in a bit and then start you know seeing if you want to interview and then you know, again, making it as comfortable as you want, you know, talk about what you want and, and we'll play it on here. Cause I think again, at a time like this, reaching out to fans, I think it'd be really important and really cool to see kind of, um, as everyone's missing baseball, uh, I'm sure people are now trying to, uh, are appreciating those mementos, those stadium giveaways, you know, stuff like that a little bit more nowadays. So that's something that is definitely going to be coming down, uh, down the pike as it goes with, um, with the all angels podcast. So, um, Man, we wrap up in a little bit, but one thing I want to talk about, another bracket we finished, um, batting stances. We started a batting stance bracket. It just finished last week. I want to just get your thoughts on it. Uh, in the finals, we had an angel bracket and an MLB bracket. Um, you know, if you follow us on Instagram, obviously you've seen it. The finals, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Ken Griffey Jr. Or not, not Vlad Jr., but Vladimir Guerrero, the original, and Ken Griffey Jr. Um, and Ken Griffey Jr., I don't know if, I think you saw it, one vote separated the two. Your thoughts? 
the right per- the right person won, dude. K- Ken Griffey Jr.'s stance was the most iconic stance in my generation for sure. The video game, Ken Griffey Jr. video game on Super Nintendo. You know, he had it. You know, the 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 the, 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 the stance with the swing was the best. Vlad's was definitely uh, one of a kind, but the right the right person won this this bracket. But it was cool to see. All the different stands in, 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 in the history. I know me and you and Chris were going back and forth trying to figure out who are we going to add to this. And, and it was cool to even think back to all the stances that we've seen, Throughout you know, in our lives and stuff like that. And it was cool. It was just cool to see how it played out. And, and the right per- to me, the right person won for sure. So the next one I think I want to put together, and we can get um, we can give you guys some time, listeners, and on our, again on our podcast and on Instagram Live, we are thinking about doing what I am going to do. Best baseball nicknames. So, uh, if you have one that you want to throw out there, let me know. Uh, you know, we're probably going to put something together this, this weekend. So, I'm, I'll give you guys the Sunday night. Submit them, email them, DM them, whatever. Um, however, you want to reach out to us, do it. But I'm talking about nicknames like obviously Ken Griffey Jr., the kid, or just I think it was what kid. That was it. And then mm-hmm. Randy Johnson, big unit, Rocket, Roger Clemens, you know, big, big um, hurt, Frank big Thomas. hurt, yeah. Um, stuff like that, um, you know, just whatever you guys can think of. It doesn't have to be angel players, obviously. It can be any kind of major league baseball player. And if we get enough to where it's both angels and MLB, we'll try to split it up again. If not, then we'll just make it one big bracket and then put it out there. Because I think nicknames is something that, you know, will go down. You know, for baseball, for some, for baseball fans, you kind of know um, the player by their nickname, you know, Crime Dog. You know, mm-hmm. Fred McGriff, you know, stuff like that. Like, you know, I, and I don't know how you feel about nicknames with like their name actually in it. I kind of feel like that's cheating. Like, so, like uh, Big Daddy Blatty? Yeah. Like, you know, like, okay, that's okay. That's, I don't think that's real original or trouty. Like, I, you know, I think that's, that's too easy. Like, I'm looking for, for, for nicknames that don't have their actual name in it. Like you said, the Big Hurt, you know, mm-hmm. the Rocket, the Big uh, Unit. The big unit. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Um, yeah. So, uh, if, again, if you have any kind of submissions for that, let us know. Um, help us out. Fill it out. I'll probably put out a thing on Instagram uh, probably tomorrow and um, figure out, you know, how the bracket's going to how the bracket's going to uh, pan out. And then we'll probably post something uh, on Monday and start that up then because it's always fun to kind of see how uh, the people react to the different uh, whatever we're, we're, we're have a playoff for, whatever, whether it's. Uh, the logos, the minor league affiliate logos, the this one where we had the best stance, stuff like that. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see. Any other kind of nickname stand out to you? Uh, well, I mean, the Express, the Ryan Express, but it has his name in it. But, you know, um, you mentioned one that was my favorite, the, the Crime Dog. I always yeah. liked the Crime Dog. That was something when I was a kid, I was just like, oh, Crime dog, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fred McGriff, you know. Yeah. So that one always stood out to me. Um, you know, uh, Mr. November, Mr. October. Yeah. Um, so Mr. there's there's, there's a lot. If you start to really think about it, um, the man behind me, if you're watching my Instagram live, Fernando Valenzuela, he was El Toro. Right. He was a bull out there, you know. Uh, the bulldog, uh, Orvishizer. Yeah, that's, so, a, that's a good a one. Yeah, cool. stuff, stuff yeah. like that. So we'll definitely put something together and uh, bracket it out because, again, it, it was fun to kind of see how the, the the stance one worked and the fact that it went down to one vote was really cool and just, like, 
check in and see who's going to win and all that stuff was awesome. But um, so that's the next thing again on Halo underscore Haven on Instagram. Uh, so we're going to wrap up here. That's all we have uh, this week. But like I said before, um, I am going to talk to Taylor Blake Ward, uh, I believe, tomorrow or, or Sunday. And we'll put it out next week about the draft. And he'll have a better a better uh, understanding of how everything is going to work and his opinions on that. But other than that, we are I am working on some things that should be finished up in a little bit. Um, anything, anything else you want to add? No, that's it. Again. All Angels Podcast at gmail.com. If you can't, if you're not on social media and you're listening to us just on the podcast level, All Angels Podcast at gmail.com is where you can send your comments, questions, or concerns for the show. And if you don't have a social media and you want to get one, follow us at Halo underscore Haven on both Twitter and Instagram. And, and again, you want to follow my memorabilia of the challenge, follow me at HaloSpan1524, both on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. And that's going to wrap it up for us for Dan Garcia. He is Johnny Mags. Uh, thank you for listening, and we are out. Stay safe. See you next time. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. 
They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.